Paper 34 The Local Universe Mother Spirit When a Creator's Son is personalized by the Universal Father and the Eternal Son, then does the Infinite Spirit individualize a new and unique representation of Himself to accompany this Creator Son to the realms of space, there to be His companion, first in physical organization and later in creation and ministry to the creatures of the newly projected universe. A creative spirit reacts to both physical and spiritual realities. So does a creator son, and thus are they coordinate and associate in the administration of a local universe of time and space. These daughter spirits are of the essence of the infinite spirit, but they cannot function in the work of physical creation and spiritual ministry simultaneously. In physical creation, the universe son provides the pattern while the universe spirit initiates the materialization of physical realities. The sun operates in the power designs, but the spirit transforms these energy creations into physical substances. Although it is somewhat difficult to portray this early universe presence of the infinite spirit as a person, nevertheless, to the creator's son, the spirit associate is personal and has always functioned as a distinct individual. 1. Personalization of the Creative Spirit After the completion of the physical organization of a starry and planetary cluster and the establishment of the energy circuits by the super-universe power centers, subsequent to this preliminary work of creation by the agencies of the infinite spirit operating through and under the direction of his local universe creative focalization, there goes forth the proclamation of the Michael Sun that life is next to be projected in the newly organized universe. Upon the paradise recognition of this declaration of intention, there occurs a reaction of approval in the paradise trinity, followed by the disappearance in the spiritual shining of the deities, of the master spirit in whose super-universe this new creation is organizing. Meanwhile, the other master spirits draw near this central lodgment of the paradise deities, and subsequently, when the deity-embraced master spirit emerges to the recognition of his fellows, there occurs what is known as a primary eruption. This is a tremendous spiritual flash, a phenomenon clearly discernible as far away as the headquarters of the super-universe concerned. And simultaneously with this little-understood trinity manifestation, there occurs a marked change in the nature of the creative spirit presence and power of the infinite spirit, resident in the local universe concerned. In response to these paradise phenomena, there immediately personalizes, in the very presence of the Creator Son, a new personal representation of the infinite spirit. This is the Divine Minister. The individualized creative spirit helper of the Creator Son has become his personal creative associate, the local universe mother spirit. From and through this new personal segregation of the conjoint creator, there proceed the established currents and the ordained circuits of spirit power and spiritual influence destined to pervade all the worlds and beings of that local universe. In reality, this new and personal presence is but a transformation of the pre-existent and less personal associate of the sun in his earlier work of physical universe organization. This is the relation of a stupendous drama in few words, 
but it represents about all that can be told regarding these momentous transactions. They are instantaneous, inscrutable, and incomprehensible. The secret of the technique and procedure resides in the bosom of the Paradise Trinity. Of only one thing are we certain, the spirit presence in the local universe during the time of purely physical creation or organization was incompletely differentiated from the spirit of the Paradise Infinite Spirit, whereas after the reappearance of the supervising Master Spirit from the secret embrace of the gods and following the flash of spiritual energy, the local universe manifestation of the Infinite Spirit suddenly and completely changes to the personal likeness of that Master Spirit who was in transmuting liaison with the Infinite Spirit. The local universe Mother Spirit thus acquires a personal nature, tinged by that of the master spirit of the super-universe of astronomic jurisdiction. This personalized presence of the infinite spirit, the creative mother spirit of the local universe, is known in Satania as the divine minister. To all practical intents and spiritual purposes, this manifestation of deity is a divine individual, a spirit person and she is so recognized and regarded by the Creator's Son. It is through this localization and personalization of the third source and center in our local universe that the Spirit could subsequently become so fully subject to the Creator's Son that of this Son it was truly said, All power in heaven and on earth has been entrusted to Him. 2. Nature of the Divine Minister Having undergone marked personality metamorphosis at the time of life creation, the divine minister thereafter functions as a person and cooperates in a very personal manner with the Creator's Son in the planning and management of the extensive affairs of their local creation. To many universe types of being, even this representation of the Infinite Spirit may not appear to be wholly personal during the ages preceding the final Michael bestowal but subsequent to the elevation of the Creator's Son to the sovereign authority of a Master's Son, the Creative Mother Spirit becomes so augmented in personal qualities as to be personally recognized by all contacting individuals. From the earliest association with the Creator's Son, the Universe Spirit possesses all the physical control attributes of the Infinite Spirit, including the full endowment of anti-gravity. Upon the attainment of personal status, the universe spirit exerts just as full and complete control of mind gravity in the local universe as would the infinite spirit if personally present. In each local universe, the divine minister functions in accordance with the nature and inherent characteristics of the infinite spirit as embodied in one of the seven master spirits of paradise. While there is a basic uniformity of character in all universe spirits, there is also a diversity of function determined by their origin through one of the seven master spirits. This differential of origin accounts for the diverse techniques in the function of the local universe mother spirits in different super-universes. But in all essential spiritual attributes, these spirits are identical, equally spiritual and wholly divine, irrespective of super-universe differentiation. The creative spirit is co-responsible with the creator's son in producing the creatures of the worlds, and never fails the son in all efforts to uphold and conserve these creations. 
Life is ministered and maintained through the agency of the creative spirit. You send forth your spirit and they are created. You renew the face of the earth. In the creation of a universe of intelligent creatures, the creative mother spirit functions first in the sphere of universe perfection, collaborating with the sun in the production of the bright and morning star. Subsequently, the offspring of the spirit increasingly approach the order of created beings on the planets, even as the suns grade downward from the Melchizedek to the material suns, who actually contact with the mortals of the realms. In the later evolution of mortal creatures, the life-carrier suns provide the physical body, fabricated out of the existing organized material of the realm, while the universe spirit contributes the breath of life. While the seventh segment of the grand universe may in many respects be tardy in development, thoughtful students of our problems look forward to the evolution of an extraordinarily well-balanced creation in the ages to come. We predict this high degree of symmetry in Orvantan because the presiding spirit of this super-universe is the chief of the master spirits on high, being a spirit intelligence embodying the balanced union and perfect coordination of the traits and character of all three of the eternal deities. We are tardy and backward in comparison with other sectors, but there undoubtedly awaits us a transcendent development and an unprecedented achievement sometime in the eternal ages of the future. 3. The Sun and Spirit in Time and Space Neither the eternal Sun nor the infinite Spirit is limited or conditioned by either time or space, but most of their offspring are. The infinite Spirit pervades all space and indwells the circle of eternity. Still, in their personal contact with the children of time, the personalities of the infinite spirit must often reckon with temporal elements, though not so much with space. Many mind ministries ignore space, but suffer a time lag in effecting coordination of diverse levels of universe reality. A solitary messenger is virtually independent of space, except that time is actually required in traveling from one location to another, and there are similar entities unknown to you. In personal prerogatives, a creative spirit is wholly and entirely independent of space, but not of time. There is no specialized personal presence of such a universe spirit on either the constellation or system headquarters. She is equally and diffusely present throughout her entire local universe and is therefore just as literally and personally present on one world as on any other. Only as regards the element of time is a creative spirit ever limited in her universe ministrations. A creator's son acts instantaneously throughout his universe, but the creative spirit must reckon with time in the ministration of the universal mind except as she consciously and designedly avails herself of the personal prerogatives of the universe son. In pure spirit function, the creative spirit also acts independently of time, as well as in her collaboration with the mysterious function of universe reflectivity. Though the spirit gravity circuit of the eternal sun operates independently of both time and space, all functions of the creator suns are not exempt from space limitations. If the transactions of the evolutionary worlds are accepted, these Michael suns 
seem to be able to operate relatively independent of time. A creator's son is not handicapped by time, but he is conditioned by space. He cannot personally be in two places at the same time. Michael of Nebadon acts timelessly within his own universe, and by reflectivity, practically so in the super-universe. He communicates timelessly with the Eternal Son directly. The Divine Minister is the understanding helper of the Creator Son, enabling him to overcome and atone for his inherent limitations regarding space. For when these two function in administrative union, they are practically independent of time and space within the confines of their local creation. Therefore, as practically observed throughout a local universe, the Creator's Son and the Creative Spirit usually function independently of both time and space, since there is always available to each the time and the space liberation of the other. Only absolute beings are independent of time and space in the absolute sense. The majority of the subordinate persons of both the Eternal Son and the Infinite Spirit are subject to both time and space. When a creative spirit becomes space-conscious, she is preparing to recognize a circumscribed space domain as hers, a realm in which to be space-free, in contradistinction to all other space by which she would be conditioned. One is free to choose and act only within the realm of one's consciousness. 4. The Local Universe Circuit there are three distinct spirit circuits in the local universe of Nebadon. 1. The bestowal spirit of the Creator's Son, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth. 2. The spirit circuit of the Divine Minister, the Holy Spirit. 3. The intelligence ministry circuit, including the more or less unified activities but diverse functioning of the seven adjutant mind spirits. The Creator Sons are endowed with a spirit of universe presence in many ways analogous to that of the seven master spirits of Paradise. This is the spirit of truth which is poured out upon a world by a bestowal son after he receives spiritual title to such a sphere. This bestowed comforter is the spiritual force which ever draws all truth-seekers towards him who is the personification of truth in the local universe. This spirit is an inherent endowment of the Creator Son, emerging from His divine nature just as the master circuits of the grand universe are derived from the personality presences of the Paradise deities. The Creator Son may come and go. His personal presence may be in the local universe or elsewhere, yet the Spirit of Truth functions undisturbed, for this divine presence, while derived from the personality of the Creator Son, is functionally centered in the person of the Divine Minister. The Universe Mother Spirit, however, never leaves the local Universe Headquarters world. The Spirit of the Creator Son may and does function independently of the personal presence of the Son, but not so with her personal spirit. The Holy Spirit of the Divine Minister would become non-functional if her personal presence should be removed from Southington. Her spirit presence seems to be fixed on the universe headquarters world, and it is this very fact that enables the spirit of the Creator Son to function independently of the whereabouts of the Son. 
The universe mother spirit acts as the universe focus and center of the spirit of truth as well as of her own personal influence, the Holy Spirit. The Creator Father Son and the Creative Mother Spirit both contribute variously to the mind endowment of their local universe children. But the Creative Spirit does not bestow mind until she is endowed with personal prerogatives. The super-evolutionary orders of personality in a local universe are endowed with the local universe type of the super-universe pattern of mind. The human and subhuman orders of evolutionary life are endowed with the adjutant spirit types of mind ministration. The seven adjutant mind spirits are the creation of the divine minister of a local universe. These mind spirits are similar in character but diverse in power and all partake alike of the nature of the universe spirit, although they are hardly regarded as personalities apart from their mother creator. The seven adjutants have been given the following names the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of worship, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of courage, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of intuition, of quick perception. These are the seven spirits of God, like lamps burning before the throne, which the prophet saw in the symbols of vision. But he did not see the seats of the four and twenty sentinels about these seven adjutant mind spirits. This record represents the confusion of two presentations, one pertaining to the universe headquarters and the other to the system capital. The seats of the four and twenty elders are on Jerusalem, the headquarters of your local system of inhabited worlds. But it was of Salvington that John wrote, and out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. The universe broadcasts to the local systems. He also envisaged the directional control creatures of the local universe, the living compasses of the headquarters world. This directional control in Nebadon is maintained by the four control creatures of Salvington, who operate over the universe currents and are ably assisted by the first functioning mind spirit, the adjutant of intuition, the spirit of quick understanding. But the description of these four creatures, called beasts, has been sadly marred. They are of unparalleled beauty and exquisite form. The four points of the compass are universal and inherent in the life of Nebadon. All living creatures possess bodily units which are sensitive and responsive to these directional currents. These creature creations are duplicated on down through the universe to the individual planets and, in conjunction with the magnetic forces of the worlds, so activate the hosts of microscopic bodies in the animal organism that these direction cells ever point north and south. Thus is the sense of orientation forever fixed in the living beings of the universe. This sense is not wholly wanting as a conscious possession by mankind. These bodies were first observed on Urantia about the time of this narration. 5. The Ministry of the Spirit The Divine Minister cooperates with the Creator's Son in the formulation of life and the creation of new orders of beings up to the time of his seventh bestowal and subsequently, after his elevation to the full sovereignty of the universe, continues to collaborate with the Son and the Son's bestowed Spirit in the further work of world ministry and planetary progression.
On the inhabited worlds, the spirit begins the work of evolutionary progression, starting with the lifeless material of the realm, first endowing vegetable life, then the animal organisms, then the first orders of human existence, and each succeeding impartation contributes to the further unfolding of the evolutionary potential of planetary life, from the initial and primitive stages to the appearance of will creatures. This labor of the spirit is largely effected through the seven adjutants, the spirits of promise, the unifying and coordinating spirit mind of the evolving planets, ever and unitedly leading the races of men towards higher ideas and spiritual ideals. Mortal man first experiences the ministry of the spirit in conjunction with mind when the purely animal mind of evolutionary creatures develops reception capacity for the adjutants of worship and of wisdom. This ministry of the sixth and seventh adjutants indicates mind evolution crossing the threshold of spiritual ministry. And immediately are such minds of worship and wisdom function included in the spiritual circuits of the divine minister. When mind is thus endowed with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it possesses the capacity for, consciously or unconsciously, choosing the spiritual presence of the Universal Father, the Thought Adjuster. But it is not until a bestowal son has liberated the spirit of truth for planetary ministry to all mortals that all normal minds are automatically prepared for the reception of the Thought Adjusters. The spirit of truth works as one with the presence of the spirit of the Divine Minister. This dual spirit liaison hovers over the worlds, seeking to teach truth and to spiritually enlighten the minds of men, to inspire the souls of the creatures of the ascending races, and to lead the peoples dwelling on the evolutionary planets ever towards their paradise goal of divine destiny. Though the spirit of truth is poured out upon all flesh, this spirit of the sun is almost wholly limited in function and power by man's personal reception of that which constitutes the sum and substance of the mission of the bestowal son. The Holy Spirit is partly independent of human attitude and partially conditioned by the decisions and cooperation of the will of man. Nevertheless, the ministry of the Holy Spirit becomes increasingly effective in the sanctification and spiritualization of the inner life of those mortals who the more fully obey the divine leadings. As individuals, you do not personally possess a segregated portion or entity of the spirit of the Creator Father Son or the Creative Mother Spirit. These ministries do not contact with nor indwell the thinking centers of the individual's mind as do the mystery monitors. Thought adjusters are definite individualizations of the pre-personal reality of the Universal Father, actually indwelling the mortal mind as a very part of that mind, and they ever work in perfect harmony with the combined spirits of the Creator Son and Creative Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit of the Universe Daughter of the Infinite Spirit, of the Spirit of Truth of the Universe Son of the Eternal Son, and of the adjuster spirit of the Paradise Father in or with an evolutionary mortal, denotes symmetry of spiritual endowment and ministry, and qualifies such a mortal 
consciously to realize the faith fact of sonship with God. 6. The Spirit in Man With the advancing evolution of an inhabited planet and the further spiritualization of its inhabitants, additional spiritual influences may be received by such mature personalities. As mortals progress in mind control and spirit perception, these multiple spirit ministries become more and more coordinate in function. They become increasingly blended with the over-ministry of the Paradise Trinity. Although divinity may be plural in manifestation, in human experience deity is singular, always one. Neither is spiritual ministry plural in human experience. Regardless of plurality of origin, all spirit influences are one in function. Indeed, they are one, being the spirit ministry of God the sevenfold in and to the creatures of the grand universe. And as creatures grow in appreciation of and receptivity for this unifying ministry of the spirit, it becomes in their experience the ministry of God the Supreme. From the heights of eternal glory, the divine spirit descends by a long series of steps to meet you as you are and where you are, and then, in the partnership of faith, lovingly to embrace the soul of mortal origin and to embark on the sure and certain retracement of those steps of condescension, never stopping until the evolutionary soul is safely exalted to the very heights of bliss from which the divine spirit originally sallied forth on this mission of mercy and ministry. Spiritual forces unerringly seek and attain their own original levels. Having gone out from the eternal, they are certain to return thereto, bringing with them all those children of time and space who have espoused the leading and teaching of the indwelling adjuster, those who have been truly born of the Spirit, the faith sons of God. The Divine Spirit is the source of continual ministry and encouragement to the children of men. Your power and achievement is according to His mercy through the renewing of the Spirit. Spiritual life, like physical energy, is consumed. Spiritual effort results in relative spiritual exhaustion. The whole ascendant experience is real as well as spiritual. Therefore, it is truly written, it is the Spirit that quickens. The Spirit gives life. The dead theory of even the highest religious doctrines is powerless to transform human character or to control mortal behavior. What the world of today needs is the truth which your teacher of old declared, not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. The seed of theoretical truth is dead, the highest moral concepts without effect unless and until the Divine Spirit breathes upon the forms of truth and quickens the formulas of righteousness. Those who have received and recognized the indwelling of God have been born of the Spirit. You are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. It is not enough that this Spirit be poured out upon you. The Divine Spirit must dominate and control every phase of human experience. It is the presence of the Divine Spirit, the water of life, that prevents the consuming thirst of mortal discontent and that indescribable hunger of the unspiritualized human mind. Spirit-motivated beings never thirst.
For this spiritual water shall be in them a well of satisfaction, springing up into life everlasting. Such divinely watered souls are all but independent of material environment as regards the joys of living and the satisfactions of earthly existence. They are spiritually illuminated and refreshed, morally strengthened and endowed. In every mortal there exists a dual nature, the inheritance of animal tendencies and the high urge of spirit endowment. During the short life you live on Urantia, these two diverse and opposing urges can seldom be fully reconciled. They can hardly be harmonized and unified, but throughout your lifetime the combined spirit ever ministers to assist you in subjecting the flesh more and more to the leading of the spirit. Even though you must live your material life through, even though you cannot escape the body and its necessities, nonetheless, in purpose and ideals, you are empowered increasingly to subject the animal nature to the mastery of the spirit. There truly exists within you a conspiracy of spiritual forces, a confederation of divine powers whose exclusive purpose is to effect your final deliverance from material bondage and finite handicaps. The purpose of all this ministration is that you may be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. And all this represents but the preliminary steps to the final attainment of the perfection of faith and service, that experience wherein you shall be filled with all the fullness of God. For all those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. The Spirit never drives, only leads. If you are a willing learner, if you want to attain spirit levels and reach divine heights, if you sincerely desire to reach the eternal goal, then the Divine Spirit will gently and lovingly lead you along the pathway of sonship and spiritual progress. Every step you take must be one of willingness, intelligent and cheerful cooperation. The domination of the Spirit is never tainted with coercion nor compromised by compulsion. And when such a life of Spirit guidance is freely and intelligently accepted, there gradually develops within the human mind a positive consciousness of divine contact and assurance of spirit communion. Sooner or later, the spirit bears witness with your spirit, the adjuster, that you are a child of God. Already has your own thought adjuster told you of your kinship to God so that the record testifies that the spirit bears witness with your spirit, not to your spirit. The consciousness of the spirit domination of a human life is presently attended by an increasing exhibition of the characteristics of the spirit in the life reactions of such a spirit-led mortal, where the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Such spirit-guided and divinely illuminated mortals while they yet tread the lowly paths of toil and in human faithfulness perform the duties of their earthly assignments, have already begun to discern the lights of eternal life as they glimmer on the faraway shores of another world. Already have they begun to comprehend the reality of that inspiring and comforting truth. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
and throughout every trial and in the presence of every hardship, spirit-born souls are sustained by that hope which transcends all fear, because the love of God is shed abroad in all hearts by the presence of the Divine Spirit. 7. The Spirit and the Flesh The flesh, the inherent nature derived from the animal origin races, does not naturally bear the fruits of the Divine Spirit. When the mortal nature has been upstepped by the addition of the nature of the material sons of God, as the Urantia races were in a measure advanced by the bestowal of Adam, then is the way better prepared for the spirit of truth to cooperate with the indwelling adjuster to bring forth the beautiful harvest of the character fruits of the spirit. If you do not reject this spirit, even though eternity may be required to fulfill the commission, he will guide you into all truth. Evolutionary mortals inhabiting normal worlds of spiritual progress do not experience the acute conflicts between the spirit and the flesh which characterize the present-day Urantia races. But even on the most ideal planets, pre-Adamic man must put forth positive efforts to ascend from the purely animalistic plane of existence up through successive levels of increasingly intellectual meanings and higher spiritual values. The mortals of a normal world do not experience constant warfare between their physical and spiritual natures. They are confronted with the necessity of climbing up from the animal levels of existence to the higher planes of spiritual living, but this ascent is more like undergoing an educational training when compared with the intense conflicts of Urantia mortals in this realm of the divergent material and spiritual natures. The Urantia peoples are suffering the consequences of a double deprivation of health in this task of progressive planetary spiritual attainment. The Caligastia upheaval precipitated worldwide confusion and robbed all subsequent generations of the moral assistance which a well-ordered society would have provided. But even more disastrous was the Adamic default, in that it deprived the races of that superior type of physical nature which would have been more consonant with spiritual aspirations. Urantia mortals are compelled to undergo such marked struggling between the spirit and the flesh, because their remote ancestors were not more fully atomized by the Edenic bestowal. It was the divine plan that the mortal races of Urantia should have had physical natures more naturally spirit-responsive. Notwithstanding this double disaster to man's nature and his environment, present-day mortals would experience less of this apparent warfare between the flesh and the spirit if they would enter the spirit kingdom wherein the faith sons of God enjoy comparative deliverance from the slave bondage of the flesh in the enlightened and liberating service of wholehearted devotion to doing the will of the Father in heaven. Jesus showed mankind the new way of mortal living, whereby human beings may very largely escape the dire consequences of the Caligastic rebellion and most effectively compensate for the deprivations resulting from the Adamic default. The spirit of the life of Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of animal living and the temptations of evil and sin. This is the victory that overcomes the flesh, even your faith. Those God-knowing men and women who have been born of the Spirit experience no more conflict with their mortal natures 
than do the inhabitants of the most normal of worlds, planets which have never been tainted with sin nor touched by rebellion. Faith's sons work on intellectual levels and live on spiritual planes far above the conflicts produced by unrestrained or unnatural physical desires. The normal urges of animal beings and the natural appetites and impulses of the physical nature are not in conflict with even the highest spiritual attainment, except in the minds of ignorant, mistaught, or unfortunately over-conscientious persons. Having started out on the way of life everlasting, having accepted the assignment and received your orders to advance, do not fear the dangers of human forgetfulness and mortal inconstancy. Do not be troubled with doubts of failure or by perplexing confusion. Do not falter and question your status and standing. For in every dark hour, at every crossroad in the forward struggle, the Spirit of Truth will always speak, saying, This is the way. Presented by a mighty messenger temporarily assigned to service on Urantia.